Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. There is an opportunity for those serving in campus ministry to gather, learn, and grow together this summer and this year. And I want to share that with you. Joining us today, the Reverend Eric Andre, is campus pastor for First Trinity Lutheran Church and Lutheran Student Fellowship in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pastor Andre, thanks for joining us in the Coffee Hour. Hey, it's great to be with you again. Thank you. Also joining us in studio, the Reverend Michael Meyer. He's Managing Director for the LCMS Office of National Mission. Pastor Meyer, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good to chat with you both. And I'm excited that we get to talk about campus ministry again. We'll start with Pastor Andre. Why is ministry to college students important today? What do we have, three or four hours? (laughs) You know, I honestly think there's there can't be a domestic mission that could be more important than campus ministry. You know, these, these young adults, 18 to 25, it's a time of life where, in a way, they're being determined who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. We experienced a lot of backdoor losses during the college years in the LCMS. The cultural agenda seeks to get a hold on our, on our young adults. That cultural agenda is really set for good, bad, or indifferent. It's, well, not hardly ever indifferent, actually. For good or bad, it's set on our campuses, especially our, our, our secular public campuses, all the issues that are at the forefront, all the hot button issues. You know, oftentimes we in the broader church are frankly about five or 10 years behind by the time we start addressing these things when they've, they've already hit campus, whether it's issues of sexuality and gender or, or social justice or, or, or what have you, the integration of faith with public life. So, and add to that, that we have almost a million international students on our campuses across the country, most of whom come from countries that are hostile or indifferent to Christianity, whether it's Saudi Arabia or China or Japan. So it's a mission field. It's a ministry. It's a ministry of maintenance that shouldn't be, shouldn't be minimized to keep our students in the faith and to reach out to those who are lost and seeking a way, you know, coming out of COVID, coming out of the pandemic, mental health issues is... I could go on and on about all the critical issues that are that are there for our 18 to 25 year olds, and it just it just couldn't be it just couldn't be more important to to be there with them, to walk alongside them, to to give them the guidance and and, and confrontation of the law, but then the sweet hope of the gospel couldn't be more important. What does that look like for you? I know where you're situated in Pittsburgh, you're you're essentially surrounded by universities. What does that that look like for you in in your practice in campus ministry right now? Yeah, there's a lot of different settings for campus ministry across the synod. I mean, for us, we're kind of in what you would call a town and gown. So we have a regular congregation, regular parish ministry with a full-time parish pastor. And then I serve alongside as full-time campus pastor. We're about a 10-minute walk from the center of the University of Pittsburgh, Pitt. Likewise, about a 10-minute walk to Carnegie Mellon University, CMU. Then we're what I call European walking distance, about a 25-minute walk to Chatham and Carlo, two smaller universities. Carlo's a private Catholic school. And, And we're a short bus ride or bike ride from Duquesne. So we have, you know, we have thousands of students. That's probably, we have probably about we probably have about 80,000 students within a five-mile radius of our church, and the vast majority of those, again, within walking distance. And so, th- so that's our setting. So this, the hub for us is the congregation. Sunday morning divine service of word and sacrament is what we're trying to bring people to. We're trying to bring them to the font and to the altar 
and then back out to, to invite others to do the same. So we overlap our campus ministry, Lutheran Student Fellowship, which is recognized at the universities. We overlap with the congregation on Sunday morning. And then midweek, we have student Bible study and dinner. We have a lot of social events, service projects. We have a homeless ministry that grew out of our campus ministry. And I'm, I'm on campus a lot myself. I'm on campus just visibility, tabling, offering free prayer, engaging people, you know, dressed dress like a pastor, draws attention and conversation. And uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's a real, it's, there's never a dull moment. Every day is different. Engaging students, you know, on their turf and with their questions. And, and it's amazing. People talk about that our country is increasingly secular and we know all about the statistics of the nuns and this and that. But people are maybe, maybe less formally religious, but I don't think they're any less spiritual. Every time I meet people and they find out I'm a pastor or see that I'm a pastor, almost every time they want to talk about something, whether it's to challenge me or whether it's to ask me questions and get guidance or something in between. But it's, uh, they're spiritual. The campuses are spiritual places and, and, you know, we're happy to be there. What are some of those relationships you've been able to build with students? I know you've met a lot over the years that you've been doing this. Do you have some stories of some students that you've been able to meet and kind of guide through that process of, of coming to church and, and learning about the gospel of Christ? Wow. Yeah. So many incredible anecdotes from, from which we could choose. I'll talk a little bit about our, our international student ministry. We have an English as a second language program. And right now we have about 15 regulars, about 10 come any given week, but about 15 total are here from time to time for our, our class. And then our Bible study we have. Actually, one of our grad students is the volunteer instructor for the class. And then I do a a simplified Bible study. And we have, and it's a mix of ages. We have, a lot of them are young mothers. It's kind of, it's kind of like we have young Japanese mothers and then middle-aged Chinese folks visiting or even moving here because their kids are here. And one of those, one of those Chinese men has been coming very faithfully to the Bible study. And he, and then several others that he invited, we had about three or four that came to Good Friday an Easter vigil service. And for some of them, it was the first time they'd ever been in church. And I talked with him that morning because when he engages in the Bible study, he has questions and comments that sound very much like, like a believer. And so I started talking to him at the Easter breakfast. And I said, you know, you're, I said, you're, you are a Christian, right? He's like, well, he said, not yet, but I, I'm preparing with you. He said, I said, oh, that's great. That I was hoping that was what we were doing, you know? So, so he's, in, he's engaged, interested. We're talking about baptism. He's here through the summer, but then he may be moving to a job in Toronto. And so, so we're hoping that this summer that he'll be, you know, one of our catechumens along with another young Chinese woman who actually hasn't been coming to ESL, but she came to us simply, she, she, she became a Christian in China in the underground church, but now she has questions about baptism and church membership. She does, you know, the whole denominationalism of the United States is kind of a big question mark for her. So these are folks that are interested in formal catechesis and that we're praying will will come to the font and be strengthened you know in, in, their, in their continued faith walk therein and and there's there's so many stories like this a lot of the american students you know they come here where i meet them on campus and a, again they are spiritual but they don't really know the landscape they don't really understand what it is that we're offering that's that's unique and so yeah whether american or international it's it's just opportunity after opportunity to engage like this. You mentioned, Pastor Andre, that you get to serve multiple campuses right in your own community. What is the, 
is there a different culture or a different experience on each campus in terms of you mentioned that that generally people you know when they see you dressed as a pastor <laughs> maybe want to engage in conversation are you well received in each of those or does each campus have its own different I don't know if vibe is vibe. the right <laughs> vibe is the right word, but a different experience or, or culture. Yeah, I mean the, the the two main campuses we serve, and they're the two largest schools, also and the two closest, CMU and Pitt that I mentioned. And th- there is definitely a little bit of a different culture. CMU is the the brainy tech school. Pitt is the the, the much the significantly larger public university. Most of the students Pitt are from. Western Pennsylvania, CMU brings in students from all over the world. As a matter of fact, I think I saw a statistic that a majority of grad students at CMU are actually international students. So there's definitely a different vibe, literally, in terms of culture in that sense. I also think that CMU students, neither campus, I would say, is especially, again, what we would call religious. But the CMU students often seem to be more interested in engaging on issues of, of spirituality. I'll give an example. Years ago, one of my students, probably about 10, 12 years ago, one of my students, one of her professors was, and still is, the advisor for the Humanist League, which is a student organization for atheists and agnostics at CMU. He had mentioned this class about an event that they were hosting. She invited me to come hear this, this atheist speaker. I met the advisor. He and I you know, struck up a friendship where over the years we've had lunch and we've had beers and I read his book and we're talking about his book. And, and he invited me to, to come to any meetings of the Humanist League that I wanted to. They meet, they meet weekly. I come to probably two or three of their meetings a semester, especially when their topics and often their topics are directly related to matters of spirituality or religiosity or morality or ethics. And I have been very well received there. We've had wonderful conversations, respectful conversations. To the point where one of their students, who I got to know quite well over here, an atheist, we shared some things. He's pro-life. But at the end of his four years, I'd known him for about two or three years. And he was like, he's graduating. And he, he said, Pastor Andre, you know, would you mind if I gave your contact info to some people in my family? I'd like them to talk to you. So I have an atheist like doing some evangelism legwork for me, you know, and, uh, and keeping in touch with me. He's up now up in Boston for grad school. So, yeah, there, there, there's a different culture. Again, the size makes a difference. The international student composition makes a difference. The, uh, the tech nature of CMU makes a difference. But at the same time, it's, it's students, people, it's sinners. You know, it's, it's, it's being open. It's listening. It's responding with God's word and in prayer. So a lot of similarities, too. Now, Pastor Meyer, I understand you had experience with campus ministry in your own time as a student. What was that like for you to be able to be connected to a campus ministry while you were a student in college? You know, it was really fantastic to have that grounding, that connection. And this was primarily when I was in graduate school. I went to graduate school at the University of Minnesota. And actually, the my congregation at that time will be the host congregation for our conference this year. Okay. And so it was fantastic to, to have that place where I could, it's like a place of refuge in the midst of all this chaos that's going around. And as Pastor Andre mentioned, you know, the, 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 this age group, there's so much that's going on for them, so many major changes that are taking place in their life. And I, I don't think there's another time in our life where we actually engage at the same level in deep, like, thinking on those big questions of why am I here? What, 
what what on earth am I to be doing with my entire life? What's what is the meaning of essentially everything <laughs> that we're contemplating these questions at this age more than any other time in our life? And I I felt myself doing those same things and to have this clear, confessional, Lutheran, wonderful, beautiful, liturgical connection, grounding, I don't, there's no other way to put it, is just fantastic. So that regardless of what I was hearing in my classes, regardless of what I was being taught from my professors that might have been antithetical to my faith, to what I had been brought up as in the, in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, I was able to come back and be refreshed in God's Word to receive His sacraments, really within walking distance of where I engage with all of my classes. We have more to learn about campus ministry, its impact on our own lives, and the opportunity for those involved in campus ministry to gather and learn and grow together as well. We'll continue the conversation right here on The Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're learning about campus ministry and an opportunity for campus ministry staff and leaders to gather together to learn and grow as they serve. So we got to learn Pastor Meyer's story about how campus ministry made a difference for him. Pastor Andre, do you have a story of how campus ministry has made a difference for you? Yeah, I went to Valparaiso, which of course, you know, probably mo- many listeners know it has kind of a unique relationship to the Missouri Synod, but certainly historical relationship with the Missouri Synod. And my campus pastor of Missouri Synod chaplain, Daniel Brock, who passed away a few years ago, but I was there 90, sorry, 80, I'm older than I think, 89 <laughs> to 93, I was at Valpo. And uh, he, he was a wonderful campus pastor at the Chapel of the Resurrection there. And yeah, a couple, one thing that was really kind of life-changing for me, well, that, that's where I first started to consider the ministry was, was in college. And he was the director of the pre-sem club. And uh, my, my senior year, I was towards the end of my senior year. I was struggling with, with guilt. I was struggling with sin. And like most Lutherans, I had never been to private confession. And I wasn't planning on going to private confession. It's grown, of course. The usage of that has grown, thanks be to God. But, you know, I didn't really know much about it. But I, I just went in to talk to him. I, just went, I made an appointment to, for some pastoral care and counsel. I went in to talk to him. We're sitting in his office. And, you know, I... I I start pouring out my heart to him about what I'm struggling with. And he's listening intently and he stands up and he puts his hand on my head and he says, Eric, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I was just, I'm still moved today. That was 25, 30 years ago. I, I, the burden was lifted off. I left his office. I left the chapel. The sun was shining, the birds were singing, and I was a new man. It was just, you know, it was just so powerful and remarkable that the gift, the unexpected gift that day. A few weeks later, my parents came to visit, and we came, we we ran into Pastor Brockoff 
at the cafeteria, introduced them. And, and he said, and, you know, he knew I was in the seminary, of course. And he said, well, you know, we, we expect great things from Eric. Now, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but what that meant to me is not only had he forgiven, given me the forgiveness of sins, whatever I had confessed to him that day had been forgotten by him as it is in confession absolution. He, he wasn't saying, well, you know, Eric confessed some stuff to me a few weeks ago, so now we have some concerns, <laughs> right? It was like, no, it, he, he, and he was intentional about that. Was inten- that was another way of him following up from that to say to me, hey, that stuff is forgiven. We're moving on. We know that the Lord's going to have use of you in the ministry. And that, that, both those things, that together just I mean, it meant a great deal to me. So, yeah, I mean, campus ministry for me was, 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 was determinative for, for me as, as a child of God and as a future pastor. It's so wonderful that so many students are able to have these experiences, just like both of you have expressed that campus ministry is such an important thing for our young people who are in universities. What is kind of the landscape of Lutheran campus ministry today across our universities? Well, I don't know if, Michael, do you want to take that? I'm not sure who that question was for. We could both speak to Michael. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I, you know, I I think it's quite diverse when you look across the landscape of, of, our church body, you see a lot of different congregations who are interested in engaging this this people group. So they do it in a variety of ways. I think, as Pastor Andre already said, there's a town and gown options where congregations, fully established congregations, recognize their vocation as a, a proclaimer of the gospel who is geographically close to a location. And so they say, this is, this is an opportunity for us to reach out to, with the love of Christ and to proclaim the forgiveness of sins among this people group. And then we have others, you know, at district levels that say, we, we don't have a congregation that's a regular congregation that, that, that's close. So we want to, we, we, we are, we want to commit to support that proclamation of the gospel there. And then it becomes a, a full-time campus ministry setting. And I mean, both are needed in our, in our context, both are needed in our church body and the support, regardless of which kind of a congregation is there, the support for it needs to be broad from the other congregations in the area because we have we have students that go off to college like I did. I moved from Texas to Minneapolis and didn't have a church home, and I needed one. I needed one to be connected to, and so I was connected that way with my, with my pastor to the pastor who was there at ULC in Minneapolis. And we have this, this wonderful gift in our church body of being intentional about this kind of work. And I'm not sure I can, I can say it any better. I mean, we have, you know, over 200 LCMSU chapters across the LCMS, closer to 300. And some are full-time, some are town and gown, some offer Bible studies or ESL classes. But again, all of them need and deserve our support, and as do the students. Pastor Andre, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I just piggyback on that by, by saying for, for any parents of high school students or high school students that are listening, or anyone who knows a high school student, the most important criteria for choosing a college is, will my son, will my daughter, will I, when I get there, be able to go to a good church, good campus ministry? That's the most important criteria. You know, what does it profit a man if he, if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? That's the most important criteria. And, and to what Michael mentioned earlier about the stability that it provided for him as a student. You know, it's, it's you, you use the word chaos. And in, in, this, in this chaotic, cultural, technological 
communicating moment to have something you can count on from week to week. That Sunday morning liturgy, the stability of word and sacrament, like it's been going on for 2000 years or more, you know, that, that Wednesday evening, midweek Bible study with, with your peers that share your worldview and, and get it. They get your problems. They get, they get your challenges, your successes, your joys, your failures. They get it. To have that stability, I've heard it over and over again in my 20 plus years as a campus pastor that this place here is a refuge and a fortress for them. Not that we then just stay within these walls and, and the echo chamber and pat ourselves on the back, but we need that respite so then we can then go back out in our vocations as students engaging the campus and the culture and academia. But that, that stability is just, and, and it, you know, I'm so heartened that, and I know Michael's going to talk more about it here shortly, but I'm so heartened about the upcoming, you know, national campus ministry staff conference coming up that, that you know, the Senate is again engaging and I hope it just grows from that. The LCMSU Campus Ministry Staff Conference 2023 taking place May 31st and June 1st. What will participants experience? What will they learn in this? Why should they attend? What is it that they're going to gain from that? Yeah, you know, it's it's multifaceted. I think part of it is an opportunity to be refreshed as mm-hmm. practitioners, as staff working in campus ministry situations, to to receive God's Word through prayer and meditation. We're going to have opportunities for worship, so various offices that we're going to be celebrating together. And then there's going to be opportunities for encouragement of one another. I think there's you know, mutual consolation of the brethren. There's, there's very few things that are more comforting in life than knowing that you're not alone in whatever struggles Indeed. it is that, we're, that we find ourselves in, the challenges and the joys and we get opportunities to share those joys as well as a part of this conference among uh, all those staff members, again, that are working in these situations. And then to share the, the experiences and to learn from one another about what are, how are you engaging these particular groups on your campus? I've got similar groups. I, we can learn from each other. So these are the, really the, the primary things that everybody's going to Come, they're gonna they're gonna experience this and grow and learn from this, and hopefully take what they learn back into their different settings and have the summer to prepare for this next group of students that's coming in in the fall and say, hey, that was a really great idea. I think we should try and implement that in our setting here. Let's learn from this and grow. And then next year, Lord willing, we're able to do this again. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And <laughs> and to be able to share again those same learning experiences with each other. So that's you know, that's that's the general idea. But there's of course specifics because so we, we have some wonderful presenters and Pastor Andre's one of them talking about very specific things. But again, this is the that the general goal that we have for this conference. Who are some of the speakers and and topics for this conference? Yeah, so we have Adam Francisco who's teaching us on and leading us in an appeal for apologetics. So the the, the role that it plays in the the campus setting, as well as Muslim views on Christianity, because I think for many of our students coming maybe coming from small town LCMS congregations <laughs> and small, they 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 might not have a lot of interactions with people of the Muslim faith, but when they get to campus, they definitely will. And this is, I think, a a very particular attack on Christians these days through and, and at this time. And so if we can if we can give our campus pastors the tools that they need to defend that and to to 
defend the Christian faith in, in the face of that, then, then that's going to be helpful. So John Bruss, also from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, is going to be talking about the, the, the Wittenberg mind and Christian literature mm-hmm. in particular of, of, you know, is, is, what, is it a genre? Mm-hmm. Is, is literature Christian or is Christian? Can, can we have <laughs> literature in the realm of Christianity? Where does, so the, the, all of those different kinds of things. And then Pastor Andre is going to be talking about polarization, politici- politicization. And I think we all kind of see this happening in our culture. And as Pastor Andre mentioned earlier, our culture is probably five to 10 years behind what we're seeing on our campus settings mm-hmm. right now. That it's even it's even probably more progressive than we can imagine. Pastor Andre, with just about a minute left, what are you looking forward to at the, the upcoming conference? I'm looking forward to being with the brothers and sisters in Christ, like Pastor Meyer mentioned. You know, just that yeah, mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren, getting get, getting some ideas. You know, iron sharpens iron, picking each other's brain. And it's been a while since we've had a national staff conference. I mean. We had maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe Pastor Meyer remembers better than I do, but maybe it was four or five years ago that we had the last national student campus ministry conference. And I hope, and I'll put a plug in for, for you at the IC, put the word in, Michael. That would be wonderful to get that started again. But this is a great beginning, I think, because the staff has certain specific needs where, where we need to hobnob and, uh, and hopefully can grow to where we have the student conferences every other year again. But anyway, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to being there. Pastor Kind, who's the host, is, you know, I mean, this is one of the flagships, as, as Pastor Meyer knows, at ULC in, in Minneapolis, one of the flagship campus ministries of the Synod. Pastor Kind does a fantastic job up there. I consider him a good friend and colleague. So, you know, really happy to be with him and the others that are going to be there, the speakers. At least two of the speakers are going to be really good. I know that. I don't know about that. <laughs> A third one. I'm really looking forward to hearing Francisco and Bros. It's going to be it's going to be great. Pastor Meyer, how can we find information on registration? Yeah, so you can go to the LCMS webpage and go to the events calendar, and you'll find it for May 30th. Excuse me, May 31st and June 1st, and there's links there to register online. The conference itself is free of charge. There's no chart registration fee, and we're even offering a free night. So the night of May 31st in a hotel room. If you need an additional nights, that's that's on the participant. But that night, we don't want this to we don't want finances to be the reason why somebody's not able to come and enjoy and participate in this. The Reverend Michael Meyer, managing director for the LCMS Office of National Mission. Pastor Meyer, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. And the Reverend Eric Andre, campus pastor for First Trinity Lutheran Church and Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh. Thanks so much, Pastor Andre. Hey, it was great. Let's do it again. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.